Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Joining us now is one of the great military analysts out there, great intelligence expert. He's also the head of the London Center for Policy Research, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer. Tony, um, it's great to have you here. It's a, it is such a trying time in the world, and i got to get your take on, first off, this reaction that there really are serious preparations being made in the U.S. government, and I'm sure NATO as well, um, and I'm sure this will be discussed at the NATO meeting about contingency plans should Russia use uh, another type of chemical or biological or nuclear weapon, uh, you know, maybe something like they used in Aleppo. Go ahead, Tony. So, Rita, yeah, thanks for having me. And um, there's a couple of things that need to be examined. And first off is the Russian doctrine. Uh, the Russians have trained since the Cold War, during the Cold War, to use chemical and nuclear weapons as part of their normal military activities. And I don't think the West fully understands that. So, Rita, you know, the, what what we're talking about here is our side has always separated those. The Russians and Soviets never have. So when you see Putin and his folks talking about it, that's doctrine. They, they always have that on the table. What I'm frightened of, as you said in your opening, these meetings we're having now to basically bolster up and say all this should have been said before the hostility started, because I believe at this point, Rita, and I hate to say this because, uh, you know, we need a Reagan-style leader right now. We don't have that. We need to have uh, Biden sit down like Reagan would have done, lay out what uh, is actually at stake, what we're going to do, and try to get ahead of this because everything he's doing to include right now, he's reacting to Putin. It's almost like he's poking the bear, hoping something happens to extend and expand the war. And that's what we don't want to do. Uh, what we have to do is get ahead of this. Uh, the, the metaphor, I would say, is a fire break. If you have a forest fire, you know, you want to get ahead of that fire and maybe put down a fire break so it stops. Right now, all we're doing is almost encouraging Putin to kind of take more and more aggressive action. And what they're not also doing, which I find a bit frightening because I think we need to understand everything that's going on, the Russians actually have made some very effective strikes against some of the stocks that we've given them. For example, uh, it was well reported but not uh, in detail about the hypersonic weapon being used by the Russians. Rita, that that weapon took out a bunch of the very expensive uh, anti-tank missiles we sent in. So uh, what we have to do is be very clear on what's going on, understand both sides, and then try to act on that. Uh, At this point, I would argue the NATO summit is too late. Uh, We've got to do something to get ahead of this. And the other thing I want you to think about and your audience think about, why is Putin, you know, kind of taking his time? Remember, one of the things that he did do is he spoke with uh, Premier Xi of the Chinese. What if, what if, the Russians are trying to slowly but surely get all of our forces focused in Europe, and then they do something in the Pacific. We don't have enough forces to go around. So think about that for a second, because one of the things that has not been discussed is what China's doing 
on the other side of the world, which I think we would all argue, and we've spoken about this several times, about the danger of China doing something in Taiwan. So, again, we have to look at this as a, as a global effort, and Biden has to get ahead of all of it. Uh, what he's doing now, I don't believe is, is helpful. I don't believe it's proactive enough. And I simply believe that he's not looking adequately at the whole picture of the globe and all the threats versus what could happen at this point. So you don't feel like his leadership style. And by the way, Tony Schaefer, I agree with you. I feel like our president has absolutely been leading from behind. He has not been aggressive enough. Um, He's been very proactive. It seems in many ways NATO is actually leading the charge. Right. And um, and that is scary when you're dealing with somebody with the mindset. You're you're also a very seasoned intelligence officer. Um, kind of take us into you know if you can the head of Vladimir Putin how he is reacting because when you have a president on the other side who is you know not leading the charge, not being bold, not saying hey listen if you do this uh, we're going to do X. There was nothing that clearly so far to date that our president. And NATO, sadly, for that matter, has done that has stopped Vladimir Putin. I mean, the only thing that, you know, maybe obviously some of the weapons helping the Ukrainians certainly has helped. There's no question. But there's still that will of the Ukrainians that are fighting. And often they feel like they're fighting by themselves. Exactly. So the Ukrainians are valiantly as we've given them. But they need more, and this is the way I would term it. Uh, and one of the, the term, one of these great uh, stats that I think illustrate how committed Putin is to this is that the Russians to date, Rita, have suffered the same percentage of casualties as they suffered at the Battle of Kursk during World War II. Think about that. Uh, wow. They, 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 yeah. This, we're talking about a high percentage, but that reflects the way the Russians fight. They have no problem throwing wave after wave into this. So that's we have to understand that's what they're going to that, that's what they're willing to do. So we that's you have to accept that. They're they're not going to back down. They have a history of just feeding uh, uh troops into the grind. So this is where we have done some things that I don't I I'm surprised the president has bragged about. We actually have three of our best brigades with our best armor in Poland right now. We have uh some of our best M, M, uh, M1, A2, SEP3 uh, tanks ready to go. Uh, we have forces all over. But again, Biden's not saying this. He, he should be out there touting the fact that NATO's ready. He should be uh, visiting uh, directly the Baltic states. The Baltic states, I believe, are the next states which are going to be endangered by Putin. So what Putin's doing to get inside of his mind, Rita, is he's going to push against any weakness he perceives in the alliance. So, you know, while Poland's ready, the Baltic states are not. And I was speaking to one of our uh, experts, one of the experts I go to on this sort of thing. The, the, the Baltic states would have a hard time uh, being sustained if Putin decided to move against them. And again, uh, if Putin is true to doctrine, they're not going to hesitate to use chemical weapons if they believe it's going to benefit them in anything they're doing. Because one of the things we spoke about last time is everybody keeps saying saying it's unthinkable. Everybody thought the invasion of Ukraine was unthinkable. It's time we understand that it's not unthinkable to Putin. We have to understand this from the Putin perspective. And all of those things that we're talking about are not unthinkable to him if he believes he's going to be able to push into weakness and there'll be no response. And again, Rita, uh, Biden has been weak. He continues to show that he's willing to say uh, and do things 
which really don't mean much. He's not really had, you know, he keeps taking these swings at Putin and missing. Yeah. And Putin sees that. So and the, he I, sees that. That's the problem we have. Yes. And before I let you go really quick, uh, Tony Schaefer, sure. um, I wanted to just get your reaction to the passing of uh, Secretary of State Madeleine Albright, who you and I both know. Um, I used to see Madeline all the time, the Secretary of State all the time when I was in Washington. I, I want to play a little um, comment from her. You'll love this because she always was spunky and then quickly get your reaction about her extraordinary life. Our government provided me with the transcript of what the Cuban pilots were saying to each other. It was pretty lurid in terms of them chasing these unarmed planes and saying, we have cojones, they don't have cojones, and you know, really bloodthirsty, and then they hit them and they say, we got them. So I just happened to say, this is not cojones, it's cowardice. And to this day, when I'm in Miami, I get called Madam Cojones. Madam Cojones, real quick, Tony, before uh, before I let you go. Well, she she was the hawk in the uh, in the Clinton administration. I, I, there was a, one story where General Shelley Kashvili was going over to attend a funeral in, in uh, Israel with her, and uh, you, you know there was a disdain for the military. So Madeline personally uh, asked that uh, had Shelley Kashvili put on her aircraft, just said, "Hey, come come jo- join my aircraft, just hop on with me." Uh, but that's the kind of person she was. She would always just jump out and try to help people. And again, I, everything I've seen of her from from the time that uh, she was in office till the time now, she always acted. I do believe in the best interest of the United States as she as she understood them, uh, which is I think very unique for a lot of uh, senior politicians uh, at her level. And I think she always acted that way. And her her life's record reflects that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting to hear her talking cojones. <laughs> that's yeah, a, right. that's, Tony Schaefer, thank you very much. Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer with the London Center for Policy Research. Thank you so much for your perspective, Tony. Sure. Thanks, Rita. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.